I'm Libby Rothschild, former clinical dietitian who transformed into a full-time virtual business owner. It was only one year ago when I made $55,000 a year in my clinical job. And now I make $100,000 a month being my own boss. And you can do this too. My clients, who are all female dietitians and students, started from zero and created six-figure, multi-six-figure businesses by following my proven method. And they've all been guests on air. My proven method shows you how to attract cash-paying clients using social media marketing strategies that work. You don't have to guess, waste time, or hold yourself back when you follow my step-by-step method. Today's podcast guest is Colleen Christensen. Colleen is a registered dietitian nutritionist specializing in helping women overcome restrictive food rules and disordered eating. She helps them feel comfortable eating the food they want, when they want, without guilt, stress, or anxiety, inspiring them to live their lives they're worthy of on their terms, not on their food rules. In addition to working one-on-one with clients, Colleen has created a community of food rule breakers inside of her e-course and runs a successful food blog where she shares delicious and nourishing recipes. Today's special guest is a high-performing registered dietitian nutritionist client of mine in my one-on-one coaching program. I'm so excited for you to hear her story and her journey. Can you walk us through using social media for your journey? Yeah, so I first created my first Facebook page for a recipe blog that I had in college in about 2013. Um, And it was something that I just kind of dabbled with on and off, nothing serious. So that's, I guess, when my journey technically started. And then about in May of last year, so May 2018, I really started using social media for business purposes, um, specifically Instagram, and got a little more serious about strategizing that. And it's definitely evolved over time. It's been a lot of trial and error to find something that worked for me, something that felt authentic, and something that was well-received and that got my message across in a way that was clear and concise in what I was trying to convey. Uh, niching down was a really big part of my social media journey. So I personally went through a lot of niches. Um, and again, that was really with just trial and error in order to find what I found to be the message that I was truly passionate about, which for me ended up being helping women overcome disordered eating and restrictive food rules. And when I found this message, it's it's something that I was just really passionate about. Everything just sort of clicked with social media, and it started to become easy. Um, and that's just something that has evolved over time, that trial and error, to find out what, what works for everyone, um, because it's not going to look the same for everyone, what their social media journey strategy looks like. Sure. Can you walk us through any kind of tips or anything helpful for those listening for how they can strategize more effectively and get more clear with their niche, understanding that the process doesn't look the same for everyone? So I would definitely say, obviously, do what feels authentic to you with the message that you're trying to get across. You can't just simply look at someone else and say, okay, that's what I need to do. It has to feel authentic to you because this is content that you're going to be putting out, so you want to feel good about it and the message that you're doing. Um, Something that I did a lot was look at insights on social media, find out what was well-recepted, what posts 
had different, you know, the most follows, um, had the most engagement, the things that people were really responding to for more of the strategize. And then when you find those, find out what what is it about those posts that are different from the posts that maybe didn't do so well. Create more of the things that did well um, based on those insights, and then you refine that over time. Wonderful. Excellent. I know that you still work a clinical job, and can you talk to us a little bit about your full-time job and how you're able to manage this all and any of... I guess being able to build your brand so effectively with juggling multiple things and um, being able to really commit yourself and being realistic with all that you have going on. It's definitely been hard with having a full-time job, but it's definitely doable. Um, So if anyone out there saying, I can't do this because I have a full-time job, that's something that shouldn't be an issue because it's totally doable. For me, something that I struggled with was time management, Um, and so having good practices in place, batch working is huge, getting all of your content done, captions done, so that you don't have to be having the stress when you get home from work, and then it makes it a lot less fun, because doing things on social media should be fun, it's enjoyable. Um, Time management has been huge for me in helping juggle the full-time and the side hustle sort of thing um and also just being very clear on boundaries having those boundaries is huge too because it's easy to just get sucked into social media on your free time and then you have no time for family or friends so creating those boundaries has been huge too and what tools have helped you with creating better boundaries so that you're able to manage multiple things uh, so the, um, I'm not sure what it's called, the, where you can track your activity on Instagram has been huge. I remember when I first looked at that, it was a little scary when I saw how much time I was spending on Instagram. And it was all just time that was not productive. It was just me mindlessly scrolling. So I set a time limit for that on the amount of time that I could commit to being on Instagram. And then it, up a little bit of a reminder that you've reached that limit. Um, And then another thing I did, I simply moved the app on my phone. I put it into a new folder because that was something I realized I was just automatically going to. And then I have time to be like, Helene, what are you doing? Like, how did you even get on Instagram? Um, But it was just so automatic. So even just that small moving the app into a different folder is going to make you think twice about clicking on the app the next time you open it. So that was really good for managing the time I spent on Instagram and then just blocking a little bit of time to create content, to look at those insights so that you can just get it done and it's not something that you have to do on a day-to-day basis um, and it just you're so much more effective with your time if you just do it all at once while you're in the groove. So I literally went on my Google Calendar, set, okay, I'm creating content from this time to this time on this day. You just crank it out and then you don't have to think twice about it. Awesome. Can you walk us through creating a digital course? Yeah. So creating a digital course was something that I wanted to do for a long time. And I'm super happy that I actually ended up doing because it's allowed me to reach so many more people with my message in a way that's 
flexible for them financially with time commitment and it's less intimidating for a lot of people than one-to-one if they're not sure if they're ready for that. Um, It's something that I put off for a long time, to be honest, because I am totally not tech savvy. I know everybody says that, but for me, it's totally true. I am not a tech person at all. But I broke it down into the steps that I'd have to do. So I did a little bit of research, which did not take long at all, and then wrote down, okay, what are the exact steps that I would need to do to create an online course? And it turned out to be super easy. Nothing was intimidating. I made myself a timeline and I just did it. I ripped it off like a band-aid. It was something, like I said, I put off for a long time. It was overdue, so I just needed to get it done. And for me, I recorded the entire course, edited it, and uploaded it over just a long weekend. Um, and I think it's just about two hours of edited video. So it it was a lot of my time on that weekend, but I that's how it worked best for me. I'm not sure if it's the best way for everyone to do it. I get a little obsessive over things, so keeping focus over that weekend was not hard for me. And I found that once I told other people that I was making the course, some of my RD friends I told, my husband I told, I stuck to it. So actually vocalizing what I wanted to do was huge at keeping me on task, keeping me motivated. Um, I was also super competitive in type A, so I was gonna get it done one way or another. Oh, there were a couple, you know, mental breakdowns over that weekend, but got through it, got it done. but it's something that I'm so happy that I ended up doing. Wonderful. I love hearing your story. And can you walk us through creating a premium offer in your business? Yeah. So I feel like I made this decision pretty early on in my business that I didn't want to be a volume kind of business. So I want to give all of my clients 110% of my focus. I don't think it's in me to not do that, just with the type of person that I am. And when I was looking at my pricing, see if I needed to adjust, I broke down the time that I spent with each client down to, you know, communication in between sessions, the time in sessions, and any time that I had to prepare for the sessions. And what I was charging was such a low hourly rate. I knew I was worth more than that for what I was giving my clients. And this was just a huge money mindset thing that I had to overcome. And I think a lot of people struggle with this. Money mindset has been big for me. And like I said, I think it's huge for a lot of people, especially dietitians. But when you understand your worth, you're able to have that premium offer. So really breaking that down for me, what exactly I was giving my clients was huge. And I, like I said, I knew I couldn't give my clients anything less than that premium offer. I didn't want to be a volume person. I wanted to give them my focus because that helps them achieve their goals faster. And that's really what I want. I want women to stop wasting so much of this life this amazing life that we only have one of on having sticking to these food rules that are not allowing them to reach that full potential. So it just having anything less than a premium offer was just not the type of business that I personally wanted to run. So that meant charging the premium price. And it made me so much happier with my offering to do that. 
because I know that I can give 110% to my clients and not have to feel frustrated or unhappy with the hourly rate. I feel like having your price align with your offer in your business allows business to be more enjoyable. It allows it to be a better experience for everyone. And it's just was so in line with what I wanted to offer my clients. I love that. And I agree a hundred percent. So congratulations. Talk to us about being featured by Shape Magazine and that experience. Yeah, so I was contacted by a writer at Shape Magazine a few months ago for them to feature me. And this was really a really crazy experience. I had started writing down my goals every day. And one of the things I had said I wanted to do was to be featured in Shape Magazine. And then when this came across, it was just, my mind was kind of blown. Um, Because the reason I wanted to be featured in Shape was because for me, I saw that as being a huge opportunity and a big milestone, being able to be in touch with so many women who read that magazine that may struggle with food rules. So that was something that I had set a goal for myself. And I truly believe in the law of attraction and manifestation. And so that is really what I saw this as. So it's something that I had thought about, something that I wanted, and it like attracts like. So my thoughts attracted that opportunity. Um, and it was just kind of, kind of surreal to see that come to fruition. But I really think it was because I had decided what I wanted. I set my mind to it. I was open to that offer presenting itself, and it happened. Love it. Can you talk about hitting your sales goals and what does that mean to you? I feel like so many of you listening um, struggle with this, but what I find is that a lot of dietitians don't set goals. So if you could talk a little bit about that process and what you've learned from it. So again, here, I really chalk this down to writing my goals down daily. Guys, I cannot tell you how it's such a simple task to do, but it is honestly so crazy. It's it's life-changing. So obviously, to be able to have a goal to write down each day, you have to have a specific goal to write down each day. So for me, I sat down and thought, okay, what do I want? Because in order for the law and manifestation work, you have to have something specific. You can't just say, I want more money. Okay, well, is that a penny? Is that two pennies? What does that look like? So for me, I found out, okay, this is what I want my monthly income to be. I did that based off of, you know, my expenses and what I wanted my salary to be. So I got very specific about that. I said, okay, this is what I want my monthly income to be. What would I need to do to get there? So I said I would need X amount of clients to get there. I wrote that down every single day, and I found that by doing that, I was searching for ways to make that happen. So how could I increase my applicants to my program? How could I increase you know, my conversion rate? So doing work on sales calls um, in just writing down these goals, getting very clear, being open to opportunities to help you reach those goals was huge for me. And I think that's one of the reasons that I have been able to consistently hit my goals is because A, I had those specific goals in the first place, and B, because I kept them on the forefront of my mind every single day. And um, 
I someone said something that we recommend bathing every single day because you don't bathe once and expect it to last. The same thing is with motivation. Doing it every single day is going to help keep everything that you want on the forefront of your mind. And I definitely think that's helped me, that motivation, that daily writing my goals has helped me to achieve my sales goals because I've been open to creating those experiences to make it happen. Amazing. Super inspiring. Thank you for sharing that with us. Can you speak about investing in your brand? Yeah, so this is something that I had resisted for a long time um, because it's scary. Investing in yourself is scary and I, for me, I felt a little guilty over it, to be honest, that I should have been spending my money in other ways. But I looked into the future and I knew that, I knew what I wanted and I knew that creating this business was what I wanted to do. And there was two options. I could sit here and drive myself nuts and also drive my husband nuts because I was cranky and moody and frustrated about not knowing how to do things. Or I could reach out for a mentor, for help, for someone to guide me, someone who's done this. And so when I looked at it that way, that's what I chose to do. Um, I saved my pennies so I didn't have to make this huge you know, financial issue. Um, it was something that I had planned for. And I can tell you 100%, 180% that it has been one of the best, it has been the best thing that I've done for my business. Because when I reached out for help was when I started to grow. You're able to see things through a different light, have someone who's been through it. Yes, you can do it yourself, but it's going to be frustrating. It's going to take you so much longer. Um, So it's something that I don't regret at all. It was, I also think it was kind of hard for me because sometimes when you reach out for help, I know I personally struggle with this. It makes me feel like not, not like a failure, but like I should be able to do this myself. Like, why can't I do that? So that was definitely a big struggle that I had to overcome that it's not that you're not good enough or anything like that. It's okay to ask for help. And I know that that's something that I struggled with. So that's something that probably caused me to put off this for so long. Understood. Any reflections of our work together? Yeah, it's been fabulous. Like I said, having you as a coach has been absolutely amazing. Um, My business has grown more in our time together than I had, than it had had we not worked together. Um, Just having someone who can walk you through it, someone who can help guide you, help keep you accountable is huge because we all have these ideas that we want to do, but how often do they come to fruition? Um, So having you to kind of keep me accountable for the things that I want to do, to always support me um, in, in even to the emotional side of things. I mean, this can be frustrating. It can be tough and to have someone to talk through those things with and um, figure those things out and have support of has been absolutely huge. And I feel like I've gained so much clarity. Um, my business is I actually feel scalable now. It's not piecemeal together. Um, so there's been, long story short, there's been Lots of positives. That's great. And considering that you said investing in your business was hard, understandably, how do you feel now that you've hit your sales goals, meaning 
do you feel now at a different stage of success and growth in your business? I would consider you a high performer. Do you feel more inclined to invest more in your business or do you still feel some of that hesitation? I'm, I'm curious because I'm all about, and I have a philosophy where I like to invest more as I grow more in my business. And I'm wondering a little bit of the mindset and how you feel that factors into your high performance progression as such an amazing dietitian who's now scalable. It's great. That's a scalable business. I do think that investing in your business is 180% needed. Um, it's something that I'm definitely much more comfortable with. I think it's probably hardest to make that first investment. Sure. Um, to make that first leap because it's, it's almost kind of like the fear of the unknown. Will this work? You don't know. Is it something you really need to do? Especially in the beginning stages of building a business, you're kind of like, well, I, I want to keep my expenses as low as possible. But when you invest and you do it, you're going to gain so much more income, um, so much more potential, so much more reach, so, so much more many things. Um, and so for me, it's definitely changed that I love investing in my business because I see it as a way for it to grow even more, um, you know, for it to be able to continue to be scalable and take it to the next level. That's amazing. I love that. And can you give us just like a couple, maybe one or two examples of investment beyond coaching, just to, I think maybe a lot of you listening don't understand exactly what this means to invest. So I can give some examples. I'd like to, to hear Colleen. I mean, for example, photography, that's an example I can think of. Anything else in line with like, a, whether it's a, a lower middle range or a higher investment that you feel has been really worth it? A couple of things. So kind of lower ticket ones, just different management systems to help make things autopilot. Oh, yeah. I used Dubsado and I absolutely love it. Um, again, I am not tech savvy by any means, um, but I'm always on their chat with their support people and they always help me. So if that's something like workflows and, you know, making things automated is mm -hmm. very brief. That's so great. Great insight. Great insight with the low ticket too, because that's only $30 a month. Yeah, it's fabulous. So that was an investment. But again, it's something that I was like, oh, do I really need these automatic emails to go out? Do I, can't I just like send them an invoice via PayPal and have that be fine? Oh my gosh, it takes so much of your time. And now I can onboard a client in a click and it's just all goes. And it's just, that's time I can be spending with my husband and my dog. So I love it. Um, so that was an investment. Um, I just got my website redone and I'm obsessed with it. I mean, it's, it's, I feel like it's reflecting of the business that That's I want great. to have, um, especially with having this premium offer. It's something that my website was not matching up with before, but it was a decent investment to me. That's more of a higher ticket investment. Um, so that was a tough one for me to make. But again, I once you see the benefits of investing in your business, I am so happy that I did it because now it's a website that I'm proud to show and I'm proud to direct people to. So that's, that's been one. Photography has been another one. Just having um, quality, you know, images of yourself, of, you know, your brand, to be able to portray the image that you want to be is huge and 
that was something big for me and to be able to have those photos to show that was, was a big one. Yeah, and I will say I have a, a strong philosophy where if you're in the beginner stage, I don't think you need either a website or you need uh, anything be beyond a basic website. You can survive with a landing page and make sales. And what I love about Colleen is that as she's progressed in her brand and created such a powerful brand and, and really been so clear with her messaging, you know, what you've done is you've aligned that clear message with your website. And as you've progressed, your website has progressed and your brand have progressed with you. And that's exactly what I recommend. So a lot of dietitians like to get this beautiful, fancy website at the beginning. And they, if they do invest, they say, the first thing I'm going to do is a website. And what a lot of you listening might not realize is that before you have clarity on the message and the content, that website doesn't mean much. So what matters is that the website's a reflection of all of the hard work that you've done to identify how your business aligns in the market, what problems you solve, and how you have identified you know, purpose and passion with your business. And I think that's what Colleen has done such a good job um, of achieving. And your website is very beautiful, and it's so you. And the colors and the style, and again, even the professional photography, which again would be like a maybe lower ticket investment all have just turned out so well. But for those of you listening, I don't. I want you to realize that Colleen didn't start with this beautiful website. She worked her butt off to get clear with where she is today. And it doesn't necessarily have to start with a beautiful website. It starts with getting behind the scenes, getting behind the computer and getting clear with who are you. Like Colleen said, she went through some niches. She spent some time. She's dedicated. She's passionate. She makes time and prioritizes time to learn and grow. And those are the steps that come before having that beautiful website. Common misconception, and understandably so, because we everybody needs a website, no doubt. But the question is, at what point do you need a website? Um, so I just want to, I don't think dietitians need to focus on that first. If you're listening and you're new, you need to first focus on your message before, because the content strategy that goes into a website is no light um, it's, it's not a light thing. It's, it's quite a process, yeah, to get it to align and, and complement what you're doing and why you're doing and your offers takes so much clarity. So you need to do the work before you have the final product to be an re accurate reflection of what you're doing and how you exist in the market. So I was wondering, and this has been such a wonderful conversation, and you are so inspiring as a high-performing dietitian, so I'm so happy to have you on. If you could talk about mastering one social media platform before going on to a second platform, if you could tell us about your journey with that. Yeah, this one was tough for me because I totally have shiny object syndrome. If you tell me that XYZ is the newest thing, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to get on it. And I think a lot of people feel that way too. Oh yeah. Because you don't want to be late to the game. Um, but for me, it was tough to stick to one platform, but it's been the best thing to do because you are going to save yourself so much sanity by mastering one platform. So focusing on one thing, I mean, you can't really focus on something if you're spreading yourself among five different things trying to learn at once. Um, it's going to take you forever to master any of those if you do that. So mastering one platform, for me, that was Instagram looking at those insights, finding out what works, finding out a flow of content production um, has been huge. And then that, like I said, it saved me so much sanity. Um, it saved those around me so much sanity because it's less stressful than oh, yeah. trying to add 
do a million things at once. Um, it helps with, you know, balance between work and life because you're not trying to do 80 things at once and thinking you have to do them all. You can take it piece by piece, develop, like you said, that message, that clear message before you try spreading yourself around all of these social media platforms. Um, has been huge and then you get into such a flow with it it'll start to become very easy and then it almost kind of starts like it's kind of on autopilot okay you know Instagram this is how I do this and then you can go on to pick your next platform what do you want to do for that how's that going to look like and then you don't have to worry about slipping back on your first platform for me Instagram because at that point it's just so easy it's effortless it feels feels natural, then you're able to focus that energy onto the next platform and creating, understanding how to create good content for whatever that might be. All right. So yes. And for those of you listening, I want to just clarify a couple things because I think there's some ambiguity with me saying mastering one platform. What does that mean? What does mastery mean to you? I think we should define that so people listening can not make assumptions based on vanity metrics, which I feel people often do. Like, oh, when I hit this number, I'll go on to another. So can you explain what what does mastery mean in your journey? So for me, mastering has been being able to clearly and concisely convey my message and have the outcome that I want. So get leads, build your email list, whatever that might be, have that outcome. Um, and to have it be done in a way that feels natural, feels easy, it's not piecemealed, it's, you know, batch worked, it's very, very natural and easy. Yeah, and uh, Colleen has a process. So what I love about you is that you nothing that you just said had to do with the fact that you've got over 40,000 followers. It all has to do with how you're using the platform to be clear with your message, solve problems, be a resource for women who want to break food rules. You know, you've obviously done such a good job that your visibility is recognized by Shape Magazine. And then you have channels, you have different income levels, different options where people can either do a course or one-on-one. And that's, I mean, and it's not just creating those options. It's actually having people purchase your products and services consistently after they've found you through this lead source of Instagram. And so what I love about Colleen is she is proof of concept. She's used the Instagram as her primary lead source, achieved results from her uh, sales goals with a course and a premium service. And then at that point she says, okay, I'm going to take this framework. I'm going to take this concept of what I do with my brand and then choose another social platform. And that's what I suggest for those of you listening is to get really clear on what does it look like to get the result you want. And if you try to spread yourself thin, if Colleen would have tried to do another platform as she was trying to figure out her niche, it would have caused exhaustion, confusion, anger, and anxiety. Therefore, try to, if if you, for those of you listening who are looking for inspiration, remember the most important thing is the the back work, like actually getting clear on this, how she creates systems that give her a return. A return is a lead. I'm someone who applies to the program or service or a sale. Um, so I just want to be clear with that. It doesn't necessarily mean I've, you know, grown a certain amount, although growth is great, but it has to be growth with sales or else it's not exactly clear. Totally agree. So do you have any tips for dietitians who are inspired and, you know, they, they follow your journey, see your amazing content, understand that you have clear systems in your business. 
do you have any tips for them on how to niche down or they need inspiration for using Instagram as effectively as you have to generate organic leads and align with our purpose and profit? So first thing I would say, I feel like a lot of people reach out to me and ask, you know, how do I get started? How can I build the type of business that you have? And I would say just get started. Find out what it is that you're passionate about. Make a list of a few different topics that you'd like to talk about, things that resonate with you, and then just take them out for a test drive. So pick the one that you like, the niche that you resonate with most, take it out for a test drive, see how it feels, and then adjust. So being able to adjust is huge. Um, Like I said, I went through a couple niches before finding this one that I tried on they didn't that's okay and it's okay to pivot I think it's needed as you're figuring things out um so just stay with it you'll find what feels natural for you it's okay for it to not happen right away I think the majority of people it doesn't happen right away but just decide that you're going to go for it and test drive some things pick a niche and adjust as you need love it That's a great feedback, and I would agree. Pivoting is important in business, and especially when it comes to finding your niche, which a lot of us feel pressured to do, and the process of finding it is more important than the actual niche itself because the back end of understanding, um, you know, how to apply yourself and go through the process is repeatable. So if one niche doesn't work, like Colleen said, it's, it's important to be authentic. I know Colleen has said that throughout this conversation, and that aligns with how I feel too. If you've tried something on, a dress on, and you decide it doesn't work, that's okay. You can try on another dress. It's not a problem, and pivoting is part of the process, and it's to be accepted and embraced. The problem is when you're so scared that you don't try at all or you're too afraid. Um, yeah, it's, it's mainly fear, and I get it. I mean, I, I struggle with fear too, and I've been very open about it. And so is Colleen. Colleen was afraid of investing and Colleen's had multiple breakthroughs. So we've all been there. We've all reflected on it. And I think it's important that to take in her advice and say, okay, I can pivot. I give myself permission to try reflecting on what's of, what's of interest to me so that I can focus my message in the market and hit all my sales goals and align with purpose and profit. Right. Cause that's, that's, what's important. Totally. Any other final thoughts you want to leave us with today? This has been so such a, a wonderful, uh, inspiring conversation. Yeah, um, I just say if you have any questions or anything, feel free to reach out to anyone. I feel like the dietitians who are present on social media are all super, super great to chat with. Um, so if there's anything that you're struggling with or want to network with anyone, I would encourage you to do that. Great, great advice. And if you could just remind everybody where to find you on social, both on um, Instagram and YouTube. Yeah, so my um, handle is no.food.rules. Um, and um, my website is ColleenChristiansonNutrition.com. Excellent. And then YouTube? Um, I think that's Colleen Christensen. Got it. All right. Thank you so much. If you identify as a female dietitian or student, apply to my coaching program. I'm accepting applications now. My clients go from zero to exceeding their sales goals. I save you time, energy, and I show you how to confidently become a dietitian boss. Thousands of your colleagues from around the world are doing it, and so can you. Apply on my website at libbyrothschild.com and check the show notes if you want that link right away.